0: this is the wildflower bee farm report for saturday october 3rd 2020. welcome remember we document our transformation of our 50-acre farm back to the honeybees and nature at wildflowerbeefarm.com come and join us we have currently a 30-day free trial thing where you go in and you put in the code mi schools that's on the website uh, and you'll be able to get in for 30 days you don't have to put any information in other than that and a bit of personal stuff but no credit card information to try us out give us a spin and support what we do so this week i want to talk about a hive report um i was out yesterday tell you a bit about that i want to give you an update on the wildflower uh native uh, prairie grass planting that's about to happen and talk a little bit finally about sensors i had an interesting week uh, testing out some innovative um, new inventions if you will and i also ordered a conventional way to monitor what's happening inside your hive so let's talk about the hive report so yesterday it was cold it was probably 11 12 i shouldn't say cold for winter versions but for this time of the year so it went out it was windy north wind most of our hives i'd say all of them are protected from the north wind in their uh, space so we call it a micro habitat I talk about that in this week's blog at the wildflowerbeefarm.com the difference between a micro and a macro habitat and how at the bee farm we're trying to create that for the bees to thrive so even though every hive is in its own little space we really don't have an apiary as i've talked about i think probably the most we have in one close quarters would be area would be four hives Uh, to test out the concept of microhabitats where you place bees in different parts one hive at a time so that they're far apart from each other at least 50 meters apart in different parts of a bush or protected area to see how they survive so i was out doing um Making sure all the hives had uh, some rock or something on top to keep the lids down. And also to make sure all the entrance reducers were in place. Now, as you know, entrance reducers are designed to help the bees not only with um, you know, mo- mouse control, but also um, robbing. This time of year there is robbing, even though we still have a lot of blooming uh, white clover and some goldenrod. Most of the goldenrod has been uh, worked on by the bees, but we have um, New England aster and the white heath aster as well as the red crimson clover and the um white sweet clover so went out and did that and sure enough i I was in full gear because you know as soon as you well what i was doing i was putting a nail in each one of these and then pounding them into the entrance so that for sure they're secure uh wherever it was needed now during the season i i had um, sort of scrambled because a few times it looked like a few of the hives were being robbed especially some that I'd split so I had put corn stalks I just grabbed some old corn stalks off the field and you know sort of made them fit to most of the entrance way to reduce the entrance um, and I went back yesterday it was interesting and most of them were, were just you know totally destroyed but there were there was one where the bees had actually hollowed out the inside of the corn stalk and somehow propolized it so that it was like a uh, like a tube, a crusty tube. Now it wasn't strong enough to withstand uh, obviously the winter but it was it was interesting how they had worked to make it something to protect the entrance so I was able to remove that and put a regular uh, entrance reducer. In some cases when when the entrance reducer wouldn't fit uh, for some reason I would make my own and leave the entrance to the right or left Of the opening, and it's interesting to see how the bees react to that. Um, So, as soon as I would pound a a nail in they would come out because traditionally it was cool when they weren't out yesterday but as soon as i vibrated the hive by pounding that nail and they came out to visit me and I, I knew two instances where if i hadn't been fully garbed up uh, they would have uh, stung me because they just don't like that kind of action and you probably wondered who i was <clears throat> got through it all and i have to say in the uh then we went out sorry that was two days ago then we went out yesterday in the afternoon for the usual hive outdoor, we call it an outdoor inspection, where you walk by and look at what the bees are doing, and they were rocking and flying. There were only a couple instances where there was a bit of a cross wind, cool wind, where the bees uh, seemed to be a little slower, but in most of the hives, it looked like they were full force collecting nectar and pollen, and, and it was really fun to see, even though there was some north wind that made it chilly, in the sheltered areas the microclimate as i call it these bees worth were, were thriving so in this week's podcast at wildflowerbeefarm.com i talk about the microclimate as being the the house that we live in say if you're looking at your own situation it's the house or apartment or condo you live in plus the immediate surroundings by about 30 meters be about 100 feet and the macro being the town that you live in or the community where you go to the grocery store, go to work, go to school, all those things, that being the bees macro environment. And uh, I talk about that and what we do on the farm. And then I talk about this week, the spruce grove hive where we have one hive, single deep, just in the middle of a, of a spruce grove. And I, I show you what that looks like and what's happening there. So that's the hive report. So far, so good. We're going into the season with 31 hives spread out across the property. So this week I had a brief discussion with Sig Williams Nursery about the uh, wildflower seeding and the um, native prairie grass. Supposed to be here, the, the um, seeds will be here within the next two weeks. I've already prepared the, the soil. What we have is a sort of a checkerboard situation. So we have a rather large section um, at the back bordering the bush that will be planted in wildflower and native prairie grass. We have a square, it's like a checkerboard, a square near the one pond. That will be uh, planted and on the north side will be uh, yellow and white clover of this patch and on the other side will be uh, red crimson and then we have another uh rather large square that i'm planting that has hairy vetch on one side and white clover on the other and yellow and that the idea of that being to give them diversity um, one thing i can say i've learned this year is when you provide bees with um, um, flowers and ability to gather pollen and nectar, they start closest to the hive. So when the goldenrod was blooming in the bush and you went by one of the goldenrod hives, it had that, you know, that funky smell to it. Um, many people say it's a bit like bad socks or shoes, but it's it's a unique smell when they're, when they're working on the nectar of goldenrod to turn it into honey. And when, once they... You know, remove most of the moisture the moisture they need to make it honey it doesn't have that odor to it but then when you went around a hive at the front where they were mainly collecting nectar and pollen from uh, white sweet clover there was absolutely no smell around the hives which it kind of tells you how bees are like us humans if they can get great food close to home why would you travel anywhere else and that really helped me understand more of an emphasis on the macro and microclimates that we provide micro habitat sorry and uh, micro that we provide our bees which might reflect on their overall health so this uh, next two weeks I should be planting the wildflowers and the native prairie grass it's a broadcast system so I'm going to broadcast it and then roll it in with a roller that will press the seeds down into the soil now for wildflowers I'm told and uh, prairie grass it's important not to push the seeds too far down so this will i think meet that goal and give them a start Uh, and they have to be planted in the fall so they have that frost thaw cycle to get going in the spring we're similarly going to allow the clovers to um reseed themselves the crimson and the um, white clover white sweet the yellow clover of course uh, will not bloom till this coming year so it takes two years to get it started and it will uh, be out this coming summer the final topic is sensors so i i i'm, I'm part of something called home except um, the home sensors that are used uh, to help um, seniors w- stay at home so that to me is is an important endeavor where people want to age in place and age at home now I, I kind of talked the, the people at home, except E-X-C-E-P-T, non-intrusive monitoring, to have a look at the honeybee situation, because the monitors can measure temperature, humidity, as well as movement. And um, so we pilot tested a few of the sensors this week, and, and we have some more work to do. So in the meantime, while we're doing more work, I went and ordered uh, the broodminder, Uh, products to help us keep regular data from now until the winter and over the spring on how our hives are doing the broodminder provides temperature and humidity and I'm going to be putting it on the bottom of our um, moisture blanket so that it's it's right it will pick up all the temperature and humidity in the hive before it starts to move up toward through the moisture blanket now some of the hives the singles will be easy to do but the doubles and we have one triple where it will be quite high up, will probably give us different temperatures. But still, again, it will give us some indication of what's going on in the hives. And those will be available. That data will be available at wildflowerbeefarm.com to members so that students can have a look and do, you know, science experiments, math projects. You know, you can have, if you're a beekeeper, you can look at it. And Birdminder also has a website where all of the world data is kept. And you can look at some 40,000 uh, beehives, uh, beehive data, so uh that will be exciting so those sensors should be here within the next week hopefully the next podcast I'll be able to talk about it or two and that will certainly help us with the as well as with the heat sensing camera that will take pictures now the interesting thing about the broodminder is we also ordered the cell hub which we're going to be able, we're going to, be able to put out in the bush to pick up the data from a few of the hives the other hives we're going to have to actually stand beside them with our iphones and collect the data that way which is fine it'll just be a bit delayed so we'll be working on you know developing a way to present that data to members at wildflowerbeefarm.com so interesting couple of weeks with the wildflowers being planted and the sensors coming and being able to set all that up and we're continuing to spread the word about wildflower so if you have uh, students in school or a teacher or know of one feel free to send them the site um, and they can reach out and email me directly and my email is really cool it's hank h-a-n-k at we the and that will get me any information if they have questions if they want to do a trial of a school um, you may have feedback I'll be talking more about the site next time as we've added some really neat features. Again, I'm Hank from the com. Look forward to talking to you again next week.